0: John chapter 20, and, and let, me just, let me just read it where we're at. I'm not going to ask you to stand right now. Um, let me just read it. I'm going to read verse 24 through 29. And you'll have, if you all just kind of bear with me, I've been under the weather, uh, you know, sore throat and everything, barely getting over it, uh, but I got but the Bible says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, and flu season, amen, amen. So the Bible says but Thomas one of the 12 called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came the other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the lord but he said unto them except i shall see except i shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side i will not believe and after 8, eight days again uh, his disciples were within and Thomas with them uh, then, Je- then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My, my Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, Because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Amen? Let's pray. I'm going to ask Brother Dakota if you don't... Now the Bible says, <clears throat> the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In Hebrews ten thirty eight through 39, it says now, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. He said, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Romans 4, 1 through 3 says, What shall we say that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? And that means found as in foundation, not found as I'm looking for something and I found it. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Amen. And then Romans 4:16 says therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed not to that only which is of the law but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. Amen. Mark 11:22 and Jesus answering saith unto them have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know, our text says, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Uh, I believe we should all be able to relate to this. Relate to Thomas because not one of us, not one of us uh, was with them when Jesus came. We should be, all be able to relate to this. Uh, and God knew that. God knew that compared to the, the vast the vast majority, the thousands upon millions upon people, very few would actually wit- be witnesses of the resurrection. But I want to say tonight, I'm glad somebody witnessed it. I'm glad someone wrote it down. In John 1, 1 through 3, says that, it says, that which from the beginning, John the Apostle wrote this, he said, that which from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen uh, with our eyes which we have looked upon and our, our hands have handled of the word of life, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Amen. I'm just here to tell you tonight, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Amen. Through faith. Through faith. In case you haven't figured it out, I'm preaching about faith tonight. Amen. Faith. And I don't have a, a an outline here or anything. I just... I had a few little messages on faith. I was going through them, and I just kind of pulled out some stuff, wrote some things down that I've been thinking about in my heart. But it's faith. Amen? Faith. 1 Corinthians 1, 21, he says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that what? Believe. Amen. Amen. Faith is the foundation. The foundation what is it that Abraham hath found or hath founded? What is the foundation? Faith. Now don't get me wrong. I understand Christ. Christ is the chief cornerstone. But we must know the absolute necessity of faith. Amen. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, but without faith. Without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible uh, to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Five times, five times in the gospel, Jesus says, thy faith. He says, thy faith, thy faith, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. Hath made thee whole. Faith is the reagent that makes all of this work. Got to have faith. And I feel, I feel compelled to warn us tonight that, that it's faith just like Brother Randy said this morning, it's faith plus nothing and minus nothing. We were talking the other day in Sunday school about the, the Pentecostal doctrine, about speaking in tongues and healings and, and sign gifts, as we call them. We don't use those today. They were for another time, a time, required, a time that required signs, particularly a time when God was dealing with the Jews. And I, I believe, this is my own you know, thing. I believe that he was dealing with, the, with his own remnant. He was taking his Old Testament saints and making them New Testament saints. Making New Testament saints out of them. And Jews require a sign. And I was reading behind a Pentecostal that, that had left that outfit for, for, uh, after 60 years of being in it. And he was very into the movement, very involved, very dedicated. But he said after 60 years, he said he had never once never once witnessed a bona fide healing miracle. And he spent, he remembers speaking to a lady, he said that she was 106 years, been in the Pentecostal movement almost all her life, or as much life as she had, and on her deathbed she, com- she confessed that she also had never, no never, once witnessed a healing miracle her entire life in that ministry. So we don't go along with all that, you know. We, be- we believe in divine healing, but not divine healers. But I, I got to thinking about signs, the signs and wonders of the Pentecostals, and we say we're not Pentecostal, you know. But I wonder about those. I wonder about that sometimes. Um, I wonder about that sometimes. Pentecostals, uh, you know, it, a lot of them they're grounded and rooted in experience and feelings. And I think sometimes in even our own circles, here our Baptist circles, we kind of do that in our own way sometimes. Maybe not even uh, consciously, you know. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I kind of hesitate. I don't want to ruin this for anybody. And, uh, you know, got to put my disclaimer. (laughs) But you say, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. If you could feel what I feel when he wrapped his loving arms around me. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with that song. You know, I'm not saying that. I say amen with it. I, you, know, I, uh, you know, I'll tear up with that song too. Why? Because I remember what it was like. When I felt, I remember what it felt like when, when Jesus, when he bent down all the way from heaven and, and whispered in my ear that he still loved me. I remember what it felt like when I knew, as much as I knew I was lost and going to hell, I knew that, that, that Jesus wanted to save me. He told me. I remember what it felt like. I don't know about good, you know, because I, I was in pretty bad shape. It's kind of a bittersweet feeling, you know. But I remember how it felt. Uh, amen. But what I want to say is we got to be careful with that on the flip side, you know. We're certainly, certainly not saved by feelings. We're saved by grace through faith. And we don't live by feelings either. Now the just shall live by faith. 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 We have experiences with God uh, throughout this Christian walk. And we praise Him. And we glorify Him. We testify about it. And all that's good. It's good. Amen. Praise the Lord. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, it's very easy to put your faith and trust in these experiences instead of the God of the experience. And it may not even be that you're doing that. It may somebody be somebody else that's doing that with your experiences. In the back of somebody's mind or your mind, or even in the front, you may think that because you don't have the same or similar experiences that you previously had or that someone... Uh, same or similar experience that someone else had, you may feel like something's wrong, that something's not right. You think, where's God? Am I the only person that's ever done that before? If you're not careful, you'll base your Christianity on experience. And experience, it has its place. Amen, it has its place. And we need experience, but it should never come before faith. We can get out of balance is what I'm trying to say. We can put too much emphasis on these things or experiences and the, the irony is that they're usually good things uh, good experiences paul said this he says in philippians 4 11 through 12 he says now that i not not that i speak in respect of want for i have learned in whatsoever state i am therewith to be content i know both how to be abased and i know how to abound everywhere and in all things i'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound And to suffer need. And I remember something Brother Arthur said years back in the camp. It always stuck with me. He said this. He said, you can be going through the biggest trial in your life and everything be falling apart and still be in the perfect will of God. Does God deliver? Yes. Does God bless his people? Yes. But I think sometimes we get so caught up sometimes in the physical blessings, the signs and wonders. God, listen, God is under no obligation to massage our feelings. No obligation. Does God answer specific prayers? Sure he does. Does God provide in miraculous, wonderful ways? Sure he does. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm just saying that the just does not live by circumstances and happenings. The just shall live by faith. 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 Hebrews 11:1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Things not seen. What do you tell Thomas? He says, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Yet have believed. First John 5, 1 John 5 4 says, for whatsoever is, born of, whoso, whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. Maybe sometimes we, I believe sometimes you get that card before the horse, we want to see things. Do you want to see things? We pray, you know. Call, uh, he said, "Call it to me." That uh, 30, uh, thirty-three-three. 33, 33. He'll show thee great and mighty things. We want to see things, and our faith sometimes grows weak, and we despair. Uh, because we don't see things that we want to see, that we're waiting to see. And, and we start to despair. Our faith begins uh, to waver. But listen, for the world, for the world and for the lost and for everybody else, seeing is believing. But for God's people, for the just, it's the other way. Believing is seeing. The faith comes first. First. Jesus told Martha, he said, in John 11:4, he said, he said, said not I unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. If thou wouldest believe. And please understand, I'm not getting I'm not getting after anybody. I'm I'm I mean, I'm there. I'm preaching to myself. I'm a Thomas. I'm a doubter. I'm a skeptic. That song that the uh, the twins sang the other day about I'm a Thomas, that's me. I'm a Thomas. Some people they walk into a room and they say I'm a hugger and they go and hug everybody you know. (laughs) I'm a doubter. I doubt everybody. Half of what I think I I think it's a lie and the other half I don't believe it. I'm kidding I'm I'm not that bad I'm really not. But I'm like Brother Henderson says I'm objective. I'm not just going to believe everything just right off the bat I'm going to go check it out first. I'm not, and I'm not, but at the same time, I'm not going to beat myself up for that. And I'm not trying to beat any of you up for that. There's nothing wrong with you or me. I just want to see God. I want to see Jesus with my own eyes. I want to touch him with my own hands. Moses said to the Lord, I beseech thee, show me, show me, show me thy glory. I want to see God. That's normal. You ain't a Christian if you don't want to see Jesus. But sometimes, and more often than not, our faith grows weak because we can't see him, with these eyes at least. We get that cart before the horse. We forget that for now, amen, the Bible says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now, he said, I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. We get weary looking through a glass You know, sometimes knowing in part is just not enough. That's why the disciples asked Jesus, "Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith." Amen. Amen. So, like I said, I just wrote some things down. Try to share with you, but one thing I seem to to, I'm learning is that faith grows. Faith does grow. Hebrews 11:11 talks about um, Sarah. It says, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. When I read that, it, it reminds me of, of the account in Romans of Abraham. It talks about his faith. And let me read that. It says this. It says in Romans 4, 19 through 20, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And I remember, you know, in the past, or uh, through the years, every time I'd read this, I'd always cringe when I read this. Uh, because when you read the actual account in Genesis, you can't help but wonder, boy, what Bible are you reading, Paul? Because that is not what I get when I read the account of when God tells him about, him having a you know this children like the sand of the sea. In Genesis 17, 6 he says, I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. And uh this is what it says, 177, the Bible says, Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Ha! <laughs> He said, "Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall and shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear?" Now this is is it throws me for a loop because Abraham's response is not typical of someone who is strong in faith. Yet that's the way he's described. Instead of praising God, he's like we take R O F L. He's rolling on the floor laughing. And usually people, they laugh at news when it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. They laugh at it. And then in chapter 18, Sarah overhears this, you know, and God, overhears God telling Abraham that she's going to be with child. And she does the same thing. 18.12 says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Ha, ha, ha. And then when, when she gets called on it or laughing, she lies about it. Then Sarah denied it, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. So you see, I, I don't know how either of these reactions were demonstrative of one being strong in faith. I do see that they have a sense of humor, though. But my point is that their first reaction was not that of faith. Okay? Nonetheless, she had that child. And the Bible says that it was through faith. Amen? Amen? So here's the lesson that I kind of got out of this. Our first reaction is not necessarily our final reality. Okay? Our first reaction is not our final reality. Preacher Allen, he used to say, what did he say all the time? It's not how you start. It's how you what? Finish. Amen? What I'm saying is faith may truly be the size of a mustard seed, but mustard seeds grow. Amen? they grow. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in the field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Faith grows. It grows. And I think it's an, it, that's an important lesson. It's an important thing for us to understand, especially for a, a new convert or those who've been maybe save 10, 15 years, you may still be young in the faith. Your faith may be as small as a mustard seed. You may still laugh within yourselves at the promises of God, but stay with it. Faith grows. Faith will grow. And the apostles apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. The Christian life is a life of faith. Like I read before, uh, 1038, now the just, they shall live by faith. The lesson in all this is, is with Sarah and Abraham is that faith, it doesn't always look pretty and perfect and prim and proper. You may, you, may always, you may fall asleep while you're trying to pray. You may be a failure at your family altar. You may stumble all over yourself while you try to witness to somebody. Your acts of faith are not always going to look like Elijah on Mount Carmel. But don't let that stop you from trusting God and serving God. Abraham and Sarah didn't. They might have laughed that that, that day when Jesus told told them that. But I guarantee you, they acted in faith that night. Amen. I'm just telling you, the first reaction was not their final reality. They made the hall of faith even though they laughed at first. God has a way of taking the imperfect and using it for his glory. Amen. Even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not, as though they were. Amen. First Corinthians one we we're a bunch of be-nots. Amen. That's what we are. We're a bunch of be-nots, but God's going to make us worse. 1 Corinthians How hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Amen. Amen. Faith grows. Faith grows. And I uh, wish I had a verb for this. I didn't take time to think of something, but uh, faith to faith. It's faith to faith. That's, that's all I can say. Lord, increase our faith. Um, I was also looking in, in, in that hall of faith. That's kind of where I was getting this from, the hall of faith. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, 22, he talks about Joseph when he died. He made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. And see, this here is a reference uh, to the very last chapter of Genesis, the end of Genesis. Joseph is talking about the departing of the children of Israel from Egypt. Joseph is talking about the departing of the children from Egypt back to Canaan, okay? Joseph says this in the last chapter. He says, God will surely visit you. He will surely visit you and bring you out of this land onto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph dies there and the book of Genesis ends. Okay, and the next book in the Bible is the fruition of Joseph's faith. Four hundred years passed from the time Joseph died. Many generations have come and gone uh, there in Egypt. And now, by the mighty hand of God, God is, by his mighty hand, God is going to fulfill the promises He made to Joseph's father, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So after Joseph's father, after Joseph's father Jacob dies, um, they, all get, they all get back to Egypt from burying him next to Abraham. Uh, and Isaac, and then at the end, like I said, at the end of Genesis, there's a quick account uh, of an exchange between Joseph and the rest of his brethren where they basically they make up, live happily ever after. And the last five verses of Genesis tell the end of Joseph's life. And I just want to read them. Amen? Is that all right? It says, And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, uh, were brought up from Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you, and bring you out of this land, unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry out my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. That's the end there. So, so in Hebrews eleven twenty-two, it says, By faith... Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. I want you to see what Joseph did in that one verse, verse 24. It says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. What I want you to see is that Joseph, what Joseph did when he said those words, Joseph, by faith, reached back all the way back to the days of Abraham, his great grandfather, and looked. He, took, he reached all the way back there and looked all the way forward to the days of Moses to bring comfort and hope to that present day. You know, I always wondered, as why, why did the children of Israel stay so long in Egypt? There was a great famine in the days of Jacob, I understand that. And there was a famine in Abraham, Isaac's days also. But surely, during the days of Joseph in the 400 years, there came a point in time that they, they might have considered going back And they decided to stay instead. Instead, they settled in for a long winter's night. It was just supposed to be temporary. But Joseph never brought himself to leave. And nobody brought themselves to leave until it came a time when when they had no choice. and And they were at the mercy of Pharaoh and they had to get out of there. But in this time of limbo, these 400 years, they clung to the faith and hope of Joseph. The promises of God stood behind them in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the promises stood of God stood ahead of them in Canaan. Do you ever feel that that's where you're currently at sometimes? Do you ever feel like a child of make here? You don't even have a name. I want to say this. Well, get, get over it because that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But here's what we got to think about. Romans 1.17, he says, For therein is the righteousness of God, Revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You have to think of Jochebed and Amran. Exodus 6, 620 says, And Amran took, uh, took him jo- Jochebed, his father's sister, to wife, and she bare him Aaron and Moses. You have to ask this question. Aaron and Moses, they're big people in the Bible, yes. But they didn't just pop out of nowhere. They had a special mom and a special dad. Jochebab and Amran. We got their names, but we don't got much else other than that. And then they had parents too. Moses had grandparents and even great-grandparents and so forth and so on. The faith that Moses had was the same one that Abraham had. Listen, there's only one way to get that. Everybody in between had the same faith. Romans 1, 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is, it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans four sixteen says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who which is the father of us all. The faith of Abraham and the seed of faith was passed all the way from Moses to, One way or another. Listen, there is a torch to pass on. Therefore, there is a race to run. And it doesn't matter that you're not the first leg or the last leg. No one may ever know or remember your name, but that doesn't mean that you do not have a a course that is set before you of great caliber and great importance. You're maybe somewhere between Abraham and Moses, but faith is counting on you to bridge the gap and lay hold upon him and live by the grace of God. What did he do again? He made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. Listen, one day we're pulling out of here. Amen? We're departing. We, the children of God, are departing this old world. Maybe when our our faith, you know, begins to waver and, and we grow weary and we grow weak by faith, you know, we've got to reach all the way back to when Jesus told us, in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And by faith, we look forward to that wonderful day when all this will come to fruition. By faith, we reach forth onto those things which are before, and we press forward, uh, press, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That wonderful day when our faith will be made sight. Amen. We reach all the way to the back and press forward to the front. Amen. Just like Joseph. Amen. So, I, short message, you know. <laughs> I know I preach too long sometimes, you know. I'm sorry, but I'm in, in conclusion, I'm finishing up now. I just want to take us back to what I was kind of what I was warning us about. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Matthew 6, verse 32-34, through 34, it says this, For after all these things to the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father know it, that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto this day is the evil thereof. And you know, through the years, I've heard many preachers change this scripture. They take the word and out, and they put the word then in there. They preach it, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be added onto you. As if God is going to bless you with these things after you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Like some kind of reward or something. And I don't believe that for one second. I I don't believe that. I believe that as much as I can fly a 747 (laughs) into red China. Amen. I believe the point of the passage is that God is going to take care of you and add these things onto you whether you seek the kingdom of God or not. Matthew 5, 45 says, For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and, and sendeth the rain on the just and on the unjust. Listen, he provides food, drink, and clothing for the lost and the saved. Jesus is saying that first and foremost, our concern should be the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all I'm trying to say, there's only one way to obtain the righteousness of God and thus see the kingdom of God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted on to him for righteousness. Amen. Abraham believed God, and that was counted on to him for righteousness. I remember years ago, down in the basement, in the Faith Baptist Institute, in the moldy, musty room down there, we were asked to write down an explanation just an explanation of how to be saved. Brother Brown, he said, I want you to write it down. You got a piece of paper, just write this down. You write down, if you're trying to explain to a person how to be saved, write it down right now. And I remember trying to explain how that, you know, how all have sinned and, and come short of the glory of God. And trying to explain that the, the wages of sin is death. And trying to explain about Holy Ghost conviction. And, and trying to explain that Jesus died on the, on the cross for your sins. And I remember just, just, just kind of giving up. You know, just giving up and, and not knowing exactly what to write. But this is what finally came out. I wrote this. I said, some way, somehow, you're going to have to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. I always think of the words of that song, I Know Whom I Have Believed, or Believe It is how the song, we sing it. He said, I know, how, I know not how the Spirit moves convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the Word creating faith in Him. I don't know how God does it. I honestly can say that. I honestly don't. All I know is that I went to bed confused and tired on a Friday night after the man of God preached. And maybe about six to eight hours later, on January 8, 2005, I woke up and met the chief of sinners. I met the lowest sin-sick soul I had ever encountered in all my life. a, A whitened sepulcher with dead man's bones a den of devils, a wretched sinner that desperately need a savior. I was faithless. All I'm saying is you can't go by your feelings. You can't go by your feelings. I didn't feel lost for all the 30 years of my life until that morning. But I was just as much lost all those years as I was the day God turned the lights on me. Some people are aware of their lost condition for years. Until they get saved. I was aware for only hours. Hours. So I came to this conclusion. So likewise, on the other side of Calvary, we may just run kind of into the same thing. You just can't go by your feelings is what I'm saying. You just can't live by feelings. Feelings come and go. Feelings are like the grass and the flowers. For the grass withereth and the flowers thereof fadeth away. Feelings are fickle. Feelings change, especially if your feelings are rooted and grounded in circumstances, because circumstances change. Amen? But faith. Faith in the only begotten Son of God, God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith is the victory. Amen? Faith is the victory. And I'm done, preacher. I'm done.